What was that? What was what? I heard a noise. It's nothing. There are those who believe that life here began out there. These are their stories. Autopilot with Scott Johnson and Tom Merritt. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another fine episode of Autopilot Season 3, Episode 3. My name is Scott. That's totally not the real Willow. What's the sitch, Johnson? <laughs> and uh, I'm joined by Tom. Everyone in this high school looks 25 years old, Merritt. Ain't that the truth. Boy, our nicknames get longer all the time. They do. This one really stretched out. I don't know what happened there. For, for uh, such a I short pilot, you know, you'd think I would have shortened the names a little bit. Yeah, you got you to gotta make up for it somehow. Yeah, I guess um, so. Wow, yeah, Buffy the Vampire Slayer unaired pilot, which is essentially the same plot as the first episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Welcome to the Hellmouth, mm. but with many differences. Yeah, there are a bunch. Let's get into the introduction and explain why. Are you sure this is a good idea? It's a great idea. All right, big time Buffy fans, both Tom and I uh, love the series. I think I love later seasons better than I like the first couple. But isn't that always true of series? But uh, yeah, I don't want to be too hard on it. It was good. Even then, it was all right. Uh, let's talk about what's going on. What is the background behind uh, the, the show? When did it Dur- air? Uh, yes, it did, did not air. This was uh, made in 1996 to shop it around. Uh, it was reshot and expanded to make the first episode, or as the website Weednesk put it, a brunette Buffy goes to Berrymanheim, meets a very different Willow, and finds Giles in a huge two-story library. That is something she does. It's short. Why is it so short? The show was an hour, right? When it right. Well, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Maybe mm-hmm. originally they were pitching it as a half hour, half hour show. Yeah. And then later when it got picked up by the WB for its March 10th, 1997 premiere, they said, well, let's make it an hour. But yeah, this was, this was made by Fox, I believe Fox studio mm-hmm. in order to, to shop it around. And it worked. And we did end up getting Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, we did indeed. All right, well, let's get to more. Just remember our personal rules. No gang colors, no fur. No hanging from the rafters in the cafeteria screaming meat is murder on Sloppy Joe Day. All right, so I love uh, Toblowski. He's one of my favorite actors, character actors of all time. He's immediately recognizable in everything he's in. And I was super stoked to see him in this at all. But I was a little bit torn um, because, and we'll get into it later, but the fact that he's the principal now and is not later, uh, is, is not an easy, for me, not an easy thing to reconcile because I love him, but I really like where they went otherwise. Uh, and this reminded me a lot of that life on Mars show we did. Yes. Right. Where, where suddenly a main, really important character, at least in my mind is just vanished in the, in the actual series. That's just a well, weird thing. With life on Mars, they're in LA. The main guy is the same, but everybody else is different. Yeah. Whereas in this one, it's almost worse because most of the people are the same, but not all the people are the same. And maybe that's why Joss Whedon doesn't want you to watch it. Yeah. Uh, there's a, an IGN film force interview that's quoted in Wikipedia where they say, Hey, is that, 
pilot, that unaired pilot ever going to make it to DVD? And Whedon says, not while there is strength in these bones. <laughs> uh, they point out it's been bootlegged all over the internet. Whedon says, yeah, it sucks on ass. Uh <laughs> He, he, they say, well, what about the archival historical perspective? He says, yeah, I got your historical perspective. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and then they say, come on, put it on DVD. He's like, not me. Mm. So apparently he's just like, no, you don't need to see this. It will only confuse and, and scare you. He does not like it. He's gone on record, as you just uh, read. He's not a fan of, of what happened there. And I'm guessing this is true of a lot of creators and, and showrunners. They get a pilot out and they look at it in retrospect and they think it's garbage compared to what they actually put on put on screen. Um, there's some weird choices in this thing and some of it we'll get to in a second, like the role of Willow. I entered at it at the, at the introduction of the show here, but that threw me way off Tom way down the road. I got with that, that, that completely, uh, threw, you know, threw me for a loop, but the, but the, you know, the change in principle, the change in a few other should be regular faces didn't throw me off so much. Like, well, and once again, we're dealing with a true pilot. Yeah. In other words, not the first episode that ends up getting aired, but a proof of concept, a production pilot that says, this is kind of what it would be like. These are the people we'd probably like to have in it. This gives you an idea of the show. If you like it, we'll start making it for real. And that may be why Whedon is so against it. He's like, look, that's not that's not Buffy. You shouldn't watch that. That's not. We never intended that to be canon, to be part of the series. But I also understand you know, I, I enjoy watching it and seeing the differences and, and saying, oh, okay, that's that's where they were going from that point. I'll maybe it, maybe Joss Whedon is just like, no, you know what? And I get this. As a creator, I don't want you to see my rough draft. I want you to see the finished work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, this I think it's anybody who does anything is going to understand this. If you are commissioned to make a small uh, version of what you plan to do to somebody's house, house with carpentry, and you've only got enough money and budget to do, quote unquote, a pilot of your carpentry. You're never going to be as proud of that as the one that, you know, where you get the green light and you really go for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, my having written, you know, self-published, admittedly, I'm not very successful at it. But, you know, I've written a few novels. I barely want you to see the ones that I've self-published. I definitely don't want you to look at the rough, the first drafts with all the spelling errors and plot inconsistencies and everything. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Joss Whedon is like, why? No, don't look at that. Yeah, while you're at it, don't go back to my comic archives pre-2009 i don't like yeah. any of it <laughs> like, right right no that's a really good example yeah and people like it there's plenty of people who go what that stuff's great not yeah. me like because, well because the fans are like no but we 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 are not going to love you less right joss whedon right. for seeing your rough draft it's just going to make us love you more we're going to see and learn more about your creative process right now when we get to weird facts i want us to play i want you to play riff and i want to play rosenberg Oh, wait, no, that's not the one. Hold on. Oh, you already read it. Never mind. I was going to have a... Sorry, this sounds all very confusing. I was going to be I was going to be Whedon and you were going to be ING. Oh. Uh, but I forgot. I totally forgot to tell you. Yeah. So don't worry just, about it. I was going to do a voice. Now people at home won't get to hear it. Well, we could we could go back and do it. Here, let's just, just do two two lines. Right. Which, which one you want you me to do? You be ING Film Force. Okay. Or IGN, rather. Uh, we'll just do the first four lines. All right. So, Mr. Whedon, is the presentation ever going to make it to DVD? Well, not. <laughs> Whoa! No, I was getting all Batman. Uh, <laughs> let me do my. I'll do my. George, well, <laughs> I'll do my George Lucas. Okay, here you go. Even though uh, it's Joss Whedon. Mr. Whedon, is the presentation ever going to make it to DVD? Not while there's strength in these bones. <laughs> well, I mean, Mr. Lucas, it's one of the most heavily bootlegged things on the internet. Yeah, it does suck on ass. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done? 
<laughs> I've ruined the entire thing. Okay. Uh, weird facts time. Well, I heard it from Blue, and she said that she saw the transcript. <laughs> I love that scene. She gets the uh, dead guy in the locker. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's dig in. What's weird? What's weird? Riff Reagan, as we've been mentioning, was originally signed on to play the role of Willow Rosenberg. Uh, so she is in this unaired pilot. The the rest of the Xander's Xander, Buffy's Buffy, the rest of the casting is right on. We 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 see uh Cordelia as Cordelia. Uh the network did recast the role for the series with the now familiar Allison Hannigan, which I think all of us think, well, how could anyone else be Willow? Uh, for the pl- for the pilot, as, as Scott mentioned, Principal Foodie was played by Stephen Toblowski. In the series, Ken Lerner played a more emotionally overt Principal Flutie, but I think we all remember Principal Snyder, who was played by Armin Shimmerman of Ferengi fame. Yeah, dude, he's a quirk. And um, I've said this many times, and this is why this is where I was talking earlier, where I'm kind of torn on the principal choice, because um, I, I, I am of the personal belief that Deep Space Nine is a shadow of itself without Amron Shimmerman's performance. I think that Quark as a character and his his acting makes that sh- it ties it all together for me. And I think he's fan freaking tastic in it. He is one he, and I think that shows good generally, but it, there's something about his role and his performance specifically that elevates the surroundings. Everything in there is better because of this very complex interesting character. And I think he brought similar qualities to his role on Buffy. However, I like Stephen Toblowski so much that I feel like I'd trade. I, I feel like I've got, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm a, I'm an NFL franchise that's willing to trade one brother for another in a weird well, way. And what's interesting is you wouldn't have to, right? you could have Toblowski be principal Flutie, yeah. then get replaced by Armin Shimmerman. Sure. Which was what happened. You, what you're saying is get Ken Lerner out of there. That's what I meant. Yeah. Get Lerner out of there. <laughs> Ken Lerner? What did he ever do? Yeah, what's he good at? What's he good for? But I just love Toblowski, and I just think he's great. And I also like Shimmerman, and I think they both are fantastic. So this just gave me a chance to express some of my character actor love. Your Shimmer love. I, he's great. I saw him at the Star Trek convention in Vegas uh, last fall, or winter, whatever it was. And um, it was interesting because he was really friendly with everybody, had a big line of people wanted signatures and all that. But had a face on him when people would leave, or you know, as he, as he, someone would have something signed and then leave, that said, "Oh, I wish I wasn't in Star Trek." <laughs> like, yeah, I can't explain it. There Maybe was he just, just a, was having a, a rough day. Might have been. Yeah. Might have been. But I always wonder how those guys all feel about their their roles or whatever. they are actors. Yeah, I guess so. And they make really good money these cons. But anyway, that's pretty interesting stuff. Uh, let's see. The high school is called Berryman High. Yeah. Why, what, why the change there? Or does it, is it just a, an aesthetic, just a different name? I wonder, you know, I wonder if that was sort of a like, uh, then we have to explain why it's called Berryman and that, you know, it doesn't make sense. Let's just call it Sunnydale. That'd be my guess. Mm. Um, so probably something they didn't think about that much in the pilot. And then when it came to shooting, decided to change. Also, David Boreanaz, Angel, yeah. is apparently in the shooting for the unaired pilot, but he didn't make it into the final cut. It's a deleted scene from the unaired pilot. And that's something you'll probably never see. Yeah. That's cutting room. I'll bet. But, but if you know the actual first episode, welcome to the Hellmouth, you know, that angel shows up without being known as angel yet and gives Buffy some info. 
He's the mysterious stranger. Right. And the, apparently they shot a version of that scene for this unaired pilot, but it didn't make it into the admittedly shorter half-hour episode, right? You know, and yeah. then Welcome to the Hellmouth is an hour-long episode. Now, we may at some point watch Angel's pilot for this show. Sure. So I say that I ask this question with the knowledge that this may all come up again, but you as a pretty big Buffy fan and a, and a Whedon fan generally, as I know you to be, where do you stand on Angel as a as a standalone show? Did you think it um, carried the torch, or was it not so good? Or how, I liked how it. You, yeah, you I wasn't. I wasn't at the time. I thought it was stupid. I was like, oh, they're just milking this thing. Mm. You know, why do we need Angel? Let's keep Angel with Buffy. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah. But I actually liked that Charisma Carpenter showed her chops. Yeah, in Angel, and showed that she could be that Cordelia that we had started to see before she left Buffy. And and still and and be a main character, and I, I thought they did a great job with yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it as well. And it's all I on did, Netflix, folks. But yeah. honestly, Boreanaz is best in Bones. He's pretty good in Bones. No, I'm just kidding. I actually, he like kind of is. <laughs> he is really good I'm not a big procedural guy, but that show is not bad. And uh, they got a little story arc going on too. It's not a big one, I know. Yeah, that's true. And that's that's still going. Are they done? I think they're. Oh, they're still going. They're I still think going strong. I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it, folks. Let's talk about what happened in this episode. I've been trying to work this out. And all I can figure is that you're building a really little fence. What you thought? Jeez, that was a dumb line. I actually kind of think I know why Whedon doesn't like this very much. It's just not like I feel like this, there were, the scenes were disjointed. The the angel thing makes me think there were other chunks of things that got thrown away that he probably wouldn't have wanted right. to because they, you know, again, limited budget. It's a pilot budget. You got limited time. You're doing a half hour project. It's only twenty five minutes long total. Like there's a lot of stuff that sort of has to give. And I'll, I don't think anyone likes those restrictions. If you're a director, you want to put out there what you want. And if you don't have time or money, you aren't going to love the end result. So, Well, and especially when you're like, gosh, if I had had the time and money, I would have made Welcome to the Hellmouth, which is what I made, which right. is what you should watch because that's what I would have made. <laughs> right. It's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a really good point. Because that's exactly it. I mean, this is the same story with changes that made it better. Yeah. But honestly, I was I was kind of impressed how tight this was mm. for a production pilot. Buffy feels like Buffy. Yeah, Her character great. is there. Yep. It's it's already there. Xander is Xander. Yep. It's not like, oh, that's a weird take on Xander. I'm glad he refined that. Giles is pretty much Giles. He's a little spookier. But I also remember him being a little spookier in those early episodes. Yeah. Uh, so that's not too far off. Cordelia's the, the early Cordelia, hands down. The only one that's different is obviously Willow. Because you've got a different actor playing it. But I, I don't know about you, Scott. I felt this Willow was more real. And not that I don't absolutely love <laughs> Allison Hannigan. Sure. I think her Willow is amazing. And I really can't imagine it being anyone else. But there's something about... The, the Allison Hannigan Willow is adorable. And there's something about Riff Regan's Willow that's more real. She's not adorable. No. She's she not. is. She is more of what a real she's kind, kind of, of introverted, and, yeah, yeah, but character would be. Stay to herself in the corner, kind of person. And it definitely that there was a there was a much more realistic take on that character for sure. I looked at that actor by the way, Riff Regan, just to see what was going on. Reagan Regan, however you say it, and she's um, not done a ton. Uh, she was born in seventy five, so she's you know should technically still be in the the prime of her acting time. But really, after this, she went on to do Just Friends, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, L.A. Doctors. And the most recent thing was in 2000 with The Theory of Everything, a TV movie where she played someone named Sarah. But prior to this, here's where she gets the big points for me. The 1994 Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie, Mm. uh, which was terrible. 
Yeah. Uh, she played Melinda, some uh, sh- uh, fashion photographer, or oh, okay. sort, a reporter or something. Anyway, so that's point, that's weird. points in her in her court for that. But I don't in know what she's doing. Court. <laughs> yes. I don't know what she's doing now, but um but it's still, I mean if if you've seen enough Buffy, it can't help but throw you for a loop, but after the episode finished, you're like, "No, that is like I had friends like her. She yeah. seemed really real to me. I had very few friends like Allison Hannigan, who is clearly adorable, cute, uh hot in some people's minds and uh yet still kind of nerdy and a bookworm and like though I didn't have those friends, but I had friends like like Riff Reagan. So I don't know that I prefer Riff Regan's Willow. I'm not saying that. I understand. I think Willow, as Allison Hannigan portrayed her, is a much longer lasting character. Yep. I they agree. were able to do a whole lot more with her. But I, I, I do say that, yeah, like you, Scott, like I know that Riff Regan Willow. Yep. You know, I, I, maybe I knew an Allison Hannigan like Willow, but I, I doubt it. I, d- I definitely knew Riff Regan like people. All right, time for me to throw out one last bit of controversial commentary. Throw it down, man. I have never liked, throughout the entire series, including Angel, I have never liked the face makeup for the vampire form. I've always hated it in these things. Specifically well, you know, to that's, Buffy. That's another interesting thing, and this is one where I don't criticize it all because it is a production pilot. The uh, when they when she kills the vampire and it takes forever for it to dissolve into dust <laughs> yeah. because they really don't have a special effects budget at all. Yeah. Uh, and and you could almost look at that face makeup and go like, oh, it's the same thing. But that's that's actually carried on. That right. that right. is the face makeup they use for the vampires. I always thought it was a little weird that a vampire would have to change his face, but I, I get the idea behind saying, well, we're going to have a visual recognition now yeah. that I'm in vampire mode. True Blood does it very well with the teeth just popping out, yeah. and it makes a lot more sense. This is just the Whedon method. This is the Whedon thing. Yeah, sure. And I'm fine with it as a thing. I just don't think it looks great. It, like It is literally comes down to I don't think the design choice is a good one. I think a face change is fine. It's like some Star Trek aliens. Some sometimes you're like, now that is, I know it's just his forehead, but that is badass. And then there are times you're like, really? He just you they little, just stuck something on his forehead, got a little bump there. And yeah. I feel like this was just kind of the cheap end of that. It's fine on the whole, as taken on the whole. By the time she's in college, you're just kind of fine with it. But it always bugged me, and I was reminded why, why in this thing. I'm a hundred percent with you on this. Like when I watched that first season of Buffy, I th- I think. Ugh. The face thing's stupid. But by the time she gets into college, you're used to it. You don't think about it anymore. It's just one of those things. I always hated the music treatment, too. I always thought that kind of 90s guitar riff thing was overused in Buffy. But again, it's a a creature of its time. It's fine. And and I know that this production pilot isn't the best example of him choosing the music necessarily. But I looked up a few of these songs. I mean, Bob Mould, See a Little Light at the End. I I had thought about that song in years. I went and added it to my audio playlist. Yeah. And I would say, as as a... little recommendation uh, a couple episodes i gave a, a, a recommendation for a good documentary today i would give one for the sixth season of buffy the vampire slayer which appeared in comic book form um was really really good and i think there's some other stuff after that but i never read it but that is an awesome uh book it's great if you haven't yeah. read it go find it in trade what is it six issues or 12 issues i don't know what it is i think it's 12 i think is that's right but i loved yeah. it i thought it was really good and i and it made me wish more tv shows that went away too early or went away at all that i really liked would would continue on in that in that medium so i you know i was suddenly hoping for another whedon uh project which was firefly i would love a firefly comic that was there, penned there by are. him 
Are there? there are, I there didn't are know five, that. Like, yeah, there are five. There aren't as many as Buffy. They didn't do a whole season. But there's there's one that tells Inara's story. There's one that tells Shepard Book's story. Uh, you, they're, and they're available in trade. I've got them. I didn't know either. No, they're fantastic. Yeah, you should absolutely check them out. Look up, look up Firefly Comic on Amazon. You'll, right. you'll find I'm into that. Whedon's X-Men stint was one of the best X-Men series ever made. And uh, he knows comics. Like, the guy can... Even if all he does is, you know, sort of oversee or, or in a production kind of role, but when he writes them, they're amazing. So I had no, I had no idea. That makes me super stoked. I'll yeah, give me something. Give me, read. give me one second. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Merritt is walking across his room. He's working his way toward the shelf. Uh, he's pulling a trade off of the shelf. Whoops! That is his uh, 1978 Penthouse Forum collection. He's putting that Doing back. A show in my own basement. Oh, nice! Uh, back. Serenity, The Shepherd's Tale. Mm. Serenity, Better Days and Other Stories, and Serenity, Those Left Behind. Wow! How's the art? Great. Oh man! Uh, it's Joss Whedon, Brett Matthews, Will Conrad. Conrad's pen, probably the inker, right? There's yeah. also a little uh, little help from Patton Oswalt on uh, Better Days. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Yeah, because they got some guest writers for some of these other stories. Jim Kruger, Patrick Reynolds, Chris Samney, Zach Whedon, and uh, Patton Oswalt. Chris Samney's good, too. Yeah. yeah, that's, I don't know how I didn't know those existed, but now I'm going to read them. I've got them all in hardback because I'm a crazy man, but you can get them in trade. Yeah, I'm probably on Comixology, too, for all I know. I believe you're right. Yeah. All right. There you go. Learn something new every day, everybody. It's time for a rap party. Ah, the dirty girls. Why do you call them? Oh, wow. They have views on hygiene. It's pretty intense. Woo. I saw Xander, by the way, speaking of hygiene, saw him at the Salt Lake City Comic Con a couple yeah. weeks ago. And uh, by the way, smashing success. I think it was a beast. And um, he was sitting near Dirk Benedict and Richard Hatch from the old BSG. Uh-huh. And... I here's my, how my brain works. I noticed that Xander's got a big poster thing behind him and stuff. And my kids are going, that's that guy in Buffy. And everyone's talking about it. But I noticed that he's got a big uh, mustard stain on his, on his shirt, like a big old <laughs> just down the front of his shirt. And um, no one else seemed to notice, but me, but that's how, my well, that's works. he's in character as Xander. That <laughs> right. Xander would have a big mustard stain on his shirt. I think he should stop picking on those dirty girls for their hygiene and quit right. spilling mustard on his shirt. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do not point out the mustard stain on the Dirty Girl shirt until you have remedied the mustard stain on your own. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about uh, Toblowski again. I love that actor. He's great. And I wanted to remind people of one of his, one of his best roles to date, and that was in Groundhog Day. And I love Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. It's a fantastic movie generally. And there's the scene that everybody knows with Ned Ryerson. Now, don't you tell me you don't remember me because I sure as heck fire remember you. Not a chance. <laughs> Ned! Ryerson! Needle nose Ned, Ned the head. Come on, buddy. Case Western High. Ned Ryerson, I did the whistling belly button trick at the high school talent show. Bing! Ned Ryerson got the shingles real bad senior year, almost didn't graduate. Bing! Again! Ned Ryerson, I dated your sister Mary Pat a couple times till you told me not to anymore. <laughs> He's fantastic in that. Yeah. And they get to see him a whole bunch of times because he keeps reliving that moment on the street. Anyway. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because he uh, he's, gets less annoying every yeah, time. Yeah, he sure There's, does. If him. you have not seen talk. lately that movie, it completely holds up, number one. And number two, uh, his role in there is great. So see it. It's uh, Groundhog Day. It's uh, Stephen Tobolowsky playing Ned Ryerson. 
There you have it. Next week, Highlander. Not the film. The TV show. In the end, there can be a TV show and a movie. So more than one. <laughs> right. Really. There can only be many, is what yeah. the new phrase is. So I never saw this. I have no idea what to expect. I'm totally stoked to watch it, though. I uh, missed it. It was one of those. I feel like that was on the. T- Remember? Okay. So you got the, you got the big syndication thing of the 90s. You've got Star Trek and Xena Warrior Princess and Hercules and all these shows that are all in syndication. And then even Stargate, you could throw in that category. And then along came Highlander. And I felt like that was at the end of that phase. You don't really see this anymore. Like this straight up new for syndication kind of programming anymore. And I felt like this was one of the last ones. Um, end of an era. Yeah. Kind of. Sort of. Yeah. Before cable became a bigger thing and TiVo was a thing and, you know, HD meant more channels. I mean, all these things changed that whole environment. Nobody's making mainstream straight to syndication content anymore that I'm aware of. Um, to any, you know, nothing, nothing huge and notable, certainly nothing in the fantasy slash science fiction genre. So I feel like that all died and it died around the time that Highlander was kind of one of its final hits. So I'm really excited to see it and see how it holds up, see if it's any good. I love the idea of Highlander way more than I've ever liked the execution of Highlander. Yeah, I think so too. And yet I kind of like the TV show better than the movie in that respect. Ooh, really? Okay, well, good. Well, then I'm in for something. I don't know why I never saw it, but I'm excited to dig in. And if it's good, I may see that entire series, which is currently streaming on Netflix. So watch for that. If you can find show notes about this episode right on our website, which will have links to how we saw Buffy, which was YouTube, by the way. Can't get it anywhere else that we could find. Uh, autopilotshow.com is the place you can find that link. Email us at autopilotshow at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott Johnson, Tom at Ace Detect, and the show at Autopilot Show. While you're at it, go to iTunes, leave us a review. We love your feedback. We'll be back for another episode of Autopilot soon. And until then, everybody within the sound of my voice, take care. And you know, don't get stabby. <laughs> Audio program so good, it's like you're there!